Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am not in the studio today, so pardon the audio. We're using a little bit different microphones here. Not the best, but we're still going to get a podcast done today. Uh, It's been too long. Anyhow, um, I wanted to talk today about um, some some ideas or close up some ideas about starting your business, building your business, how to get into it, business plan stuff, all the, all the stuff that we've talked about in the last two podcasts. This will kind of be the final one in this this chapter. And this one, I wanted to talk about risk. When do you take that risk to actually jump in and start your own business? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about in the last podcast. You know, knowing your your the demographics, the you know what's going on in your in your area in terms of uh, what's average prices, how many gyms are there already, what's needed. You know, doing your your SWOT analysis and all of that stuff, and kind of figuring out your financials and having a three to five year plan. But all that doesn't really matter unless you're willing to take the risk. And if it's the right time to take the risk. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today. So let me tell you a quick story uh, about kind of my journey into opening my own business. Um, As you know, the Upstate Performance Project, we've been around for three years now. And it's my first full-on, full-time, legit business. But I've had a couple other side businesses, uh, technically speaking, and... um, but there was a time back in 2007 or 8, somewhere around there, um, where I almost started a gym then. It was with a colleague of mine, um, and we we were both working at a physical therapy clinic. I was the director or wellness coordinator, I think was my official title. Um, she was a physical therapy tech and a massage therapist, and we talked about opening up a gym in the Kansas City, Gardner, Kansas area. And we had a location, we had a building, we had some, um, we, had, we had a lot done and kind of starting to formulate the business plan. But in, in, in doing that, we started looking at the financials and looking at how much it was going to cost. And, you know, my, my wife, um, at the time we discussed things and it was just, it wasn't the right time financially to take that risk. Uh, we had two young kids and, you know, my savings wasn't where I wanted it to be or, or, you know, where it probably should be to jump out on your own and take that risk and have something to fall back on should the business fail or not grow as quickly as you projected it to. And that's going to be kind of the, the main theme here is you need to make sure before you take the risk that your yourself and whoever you're responsible for can survive, right? Now, you can believe in yourself 100% and you can totally get where like you can run your numbers and your numbers can be great and you can say oh yeah by month 4 I'll be hitting this number and you can be very confident and you may even be correct but it would not be smart especially especially if you have a family to support to just jump into starting your own personal training business, whether that be, you know, you, you, uh, going small or going big, um, in terms of getting loans and things like that. Uh, 
you need to have enough money to where you can live for you know a few months while you get this up and running. So for example, uh, when we decided to open Upstate Performance Project, um, I did uh, I had a little bit of savings, um, but we had um, investors, and so part of the investment that we went into, some of the money that we went we were looking at to buy equipment, we decided we should you know put away for ourselves just in case and on top of that we negotiated a deal with our landlord to have um, the first few months rent free so our overhead was almost nothing other than the utilities so that was very very helpful and that helped us build up some clientele so that when our first big full-on rent check was due uh, not only could we cover it but you know we we also you know started to make money and the good thing was we at that point uh, I'll, obviously I still have kids still had a family support but my financial situation was you know a lot better 10 years later um, than it was in 07 when I first had the idea to start start my own gym and so looking at the risk of those two things yes I still believed in myself. I believed in myself back in 07. I believe in myself in Chelsea now. Um, you know, more than ever, even more so, just because I've had 10, 12, 13 years more experience. Uh, so when we started this business, um, it was a calculated risk, but uh, the odds were stacked better in our favor than it was when I was, you know, back in 2007. And, 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 and again, part of that risk was because I did you know the numbers crunch the numbers we were going to have to take out a bigger loan to do some of these things and that just you know was was too scary for me to risk my family's safety uh and and um, health insurance and all that stuff on something that um you know was was somewhat of a gamble um now that i think was a smart decision in my on my part you know and, and, and me and my wife we, we came to that together um, to, to not put ourselves in you know too much financial peril but a few years later um, I, I was again I had been working at the hospital and one of the things I had done there was started a sports training program like a speed agility program called power plus and um, Power Plus was was a great program. It was very successful. Uh, made a lot of money for the hospital, right? Uh, I designed the program 100% by myself, and you know had had everything from the warm ups to the programming. All uh, six weeks of the program, level one, level two, um, and and you know it, it was definitely a uh, a fun project, and I was really pleased with it. And I viewed that as just part of my job there. Well, what I should have done, and this is what, where I'm getting at here in, in relation to taking risk and starting your own business. When I decided not to run the or open the gym, like the, the strength and conditioning gym with the massage therapy clinic attached to it, that was kind of an idea that I thought would be cool. But one of the reasons I decided not to do it other than the money was, you know, we were going to have to start over and build up clientele. And, you know, that takes a while. And moving to a different city where you know I or her weren't established wasn't going to be a good you know again 
it's a risk, it's always a risk, but we just decided that was gonna be too much. So what I didn't see at the time was this sports program that I had developed, I realized that, or I didn't realize that I, if I was really, sorry, I'm stuttering over my words here. What I really thought should have done at that time was look at that program and just, and seeing the potential to, that's what we should have opened right there in Ottawa where, where the hospital was. We should open the speed, power and agility training program. I, I developed the program because a lot of athletes were going, a lot of area athletes were going to neighboring cities like Lawrence and Kansas City to do similar programs like acceleration or velocity. And so I had designed my program to be a little bit different. It, it was based more around strength um, rather than just pure over speed training and plyometrics, although those were incorporated, but uh, strength was the main focus. And so I had a different product. I wasn't ripping anybody off. Uh, my progressions and programs were a little different. Um, but I didn't think about just opening my own gym with that model. Now, had I thought about that, that probably would have been the best thing to do. In fact, it wasn't until about 2011 or 12 I think it was 2012, actually, where I had the idea, hey, I need to be doing this on my own. And I had left the hospital at that point. And I was teaching and I was a strength coach at the university and, and teaching full time um, at, at Ottawa University. And the problem was when I left, the hospital retained the rights to the Power Plus program. It was their intellectual property. And so I couldn't start doing power plus again on my own but i wanted something over the summer to supplement my income because i wasn't uh you know on, on a, i had athletes working but i wasn't teaching over the summer so i had plenty of time uh, and i was in the gym all day anyway so i said to the uh, powers that be at, at ottawa university let me do this um speed power and agility program we can get some high school athletes on campus they'll see the campus see the facilities it'll be a great win-win for everybody and they loved it. So what I had to do was change it slightly from what I had originally done. And I had more equipment and better, you know, better facilities for it anyhow at the university. And so they let me run that independently. So that was my first company. But that was a very easy risk because I didn't have any overhead. And basically it was just pure income and, uh, you know, in my time. But in the summer it was easy. So I was set up like a, a six week camp and they could start any time, so I had overlapping start dates um, or staggered start dates. But it, the, the thought was, I started this business when I knew I had um, a an income or a pardon me, an income, a um, a uh, facility to work out of, so I didn't have to pay for that. I had um, a name for myself. Uh, a having done that program in that town or done a similar program in that town successfully. And I had a higher profile uh, as the strength coach at the university, um, just you know, at, in in the in the sports world. So that that created a little bit more um, credibility. So those were risks that it was still a risk to jump out and do that, but it it didn't. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it didn't. Um, it was a very safe uh, bet, so to speak. And so looking at my options uh, moving forward, um, when I uh, 
came to open my own business a few years later, I had already had a little bit of experience marketing myself, trying to go get new clients and doing these things. So all of that led to experience uh, so that when Chelsea and I did open Upstate Performance Project, again, it was still a risk, but all of the bases had been covered. I had done most all of that before and Chelsea had done a lot of that before in terms of going out and getting clients. She had been working a couple years as a trainer, um, generating her own clients and her own um, marketing, you know, marketing herself via social media and other avenues. So all of those aspects were things that we had done in other areas. And so coming together and doing it for ourselves wasn't as big of a risk because we we were confident we could do it, but we were also more knowledgeable about how quickly it would happen or how slow it would happen. And that's the key. So basically to get to the to the whole gist of what I wanted to talk about today was when you do your SWOT analysis, when you're building your business plan and you're looking at um, you know how, how often in your timeline or how often um, you need to adjust your time, uh, adjust your business plan, and you're looking at these things, you have to be able to understand when you take that risk, it's not just about, you know, oh, I've got the, the right equipment and I've got the, um, you know, I've been training people and I've gotten results, okay? Those are all great things, but then, you know, the marketing side of things, how are you gonna put yourself out there? Like I said, when I stepped out and did the Power Plus, I had to change the name to Pass, Power, Agility, Speed, and Strength, when I jumped out and did the PASS program, um, I had already had success doing Power Plus, a very similar program, um, similar because I created them both. Um, but I also had a platform at, you know, as a strength coach at a university to you know, give some credibility to that versus a wellness director at a hospital. I was still equally qualified both places. It was just my where the position I was coming from. I was easier to market um, as a strength coach. And so you have to look at, you know, where you are, what you want to do and, and take those things into consideration, uh, when you try to step out on your own. Now, I think the easiest way to do it, um, going back to what we talked about in your, in, in our first, uh, podcast of the series is, you know, do you start small or go big? If you start small, you, it is, it's a longer road to financial freedom, but it's a lot easier to get into. And if it fails, it's a less <clears throat> financial burden on yourself. If no one had shown up to my past program when I did it at the university, okay, I, I was already being paid. I already had an income, but it wasn't going to be my sole income. It was just a side gig at that time. So I had other things to fall back on. So if you're doing that, um, thinking of stepping out on your own or whatever, then those kind of things need to be considered. You know, do you have the, the income to live on for a short while? Should the business not make money right away? Um, and so looking to the future, you know, in this pandemic that we're in gyms, you know, there's not a lot of gyms opening. So starting your own, you know, full on brick and mortar gym, uh, I'm not saying don't do it. Uh, I'm just saying there are things now that you need to consider, at least in the short term, that you may not have needed to think about last year in terms of, okay, how am I going to clean everything? What's my, 
uh, strategy there. How am I going to keep people separated, you know, six feet away? You know, we did a lot of thinking um, very quickly at the beginning of this pandemic. And we are fortunate we operate 90% of what we do is one-on-one. So we quickly had an idea to rearrange the gym. We've added the outdoor space. We have separate platforms now. So even when we do have open gym members, they can kind of be on an island by themselves, um, way more than six feet away from anybody. And so we're very spaced out here. And, you know, we limit the numbers. It's a small space inside, uh, if you've ever been or seen the pictures. But it's uh, it's laid out very well now, at least in my opinion, and, and uh, allows for a lot of people, not a lot, but a good number of people to be in there, but all be, you know, at least seven, eight, nine, ten feet apart. And then we have the whole outdoor rig now. Now, it's a little chilly this week, but, you know, it's still going to be usable Um you know, year round, we'll get some heaters out there and, you know, we'll have a good time with it. But I think looking to the future, you know, like I said, at least in the next year, if you're looking to start your business, look at opportunities that are going to address, you know, coronavirus and address how you're going to keep people safe. Um, you know, obviously the online training space is, is a really competitive market and it's really hard to get out there. You really have to market yourself well um, and that takes some money to get into. And so that's that right there is is a big challenge. How much money do you throw into marketing uh, just to get your name out there versus trans, transferring um, from a brick and mortar or a you know, in-person training model to an online training model? You know, maybe you were a trainer uh, at a big box gym that got closed down or laid off or you know is, is just shut down for the time being and you're still trying to make a living so you're trying to do your online thing you know, how do you parlay that in-person success to online success and those are that's where you need to be thinking right now if, if you're looking to start your own business and, and and again I think you know marketing is is great I think obviously you start with your in-person clients Get the testimonials, put those out there in your in your paid advertising. And I think that's the way to go. Um, you can also collaborate. There are some some people out there that can help build a network, uh, and you can link to other people. And the more people you link with, the more potential audience you have. Um, that's the whole crux behind our affiliate program that we run. Um, it's getting trainers all over the country that are like-minded, but have a, a bigger collective audience when we all come together. And so that's where we're really trying to focus our our um, thoughts right now, as far as Chelsea and I go. We're still trying to work on this online piece. So, you know, we're taking some risks. We're looking at a few things like, um, you know, our affiliate program and our, and our high school online coaching uh, modules that we built, spent a lot of time building in 2019 to be launched in 2020 and then you know pandemic hit and no one's inside of a gym so that hurt that was not fun uh to have to deal with so our calculated risk so to speak is looking at how can we also have an online presence um should there be a another lockdown or something like that so we're, we're in the same boat as a lot of people. We, we've been fortunate to operate uh, the way we are in our in our actual building, 
but we're looking uh, for the future because, again, part of that risk assessment is knowing is is being a couple steps ahead. And I think this, you know, I'll probably put a timestamp on this one. This is this is the 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 take home message. If you can plan ahead, think ahead, and look at the potential dangers or the potential pitfalls. Again, going back to that SWOT analysis, the obstacles, the O O part of that. What are the obstacles? Well, you know, we might get shut down again, or we might have to operate at a lesser capacity. Okay, how can we plan ahead for that? Not wait for it to happen and then scramble. What can we have in place that even if we don't put all of our eggs in that basket right now, that we can funnel over to that really quickly? Um, so those are things that should be going through your mind right now. I'd like to talk more specifics um, with you in terms of your specific ideas, whether you're uh, a trainer at a big box wanting to step out as an independent contractor, or if you want to actually le legit open your own gym or your own online training business, those sorts of things. I'd love to talk to you about that um, and give you some ideas on what you need to be thinking about before you jump into it. Um, a lot of it's common sense, um, but then again, a lot of it is uh, things that, again, having the confidence in yourself and your ability to train is one thing, but knowing the market and knowing whether what you have to offer is wanted and how are people going to find out about you. Um, and again, are people at ease with coming to a place, coming to your house, coming to a gym, you know, in, in this in this pandemic that we're in. So those are all things that you have to take into consideration uh, before you take the risk to jump in. Now, the last thing I'll say about this, the risk is worth it. I have been 100% um, working for myself or, you know, Chelsea and I have been working for ourselves for the last three years now, a little over three years now. And um, I can't imagine going back to another, you know, corporate style job. Nothing wrong with those jobs, but this is what I've always wanted. This is what Chelsea's always wanted. And it was a risk. Um, it wasn't a popular decision with everybody in our, in our circle, but at the same time, um, I think we've proven it to be a, a good decision for us um, and for, for my, my kids, my family, in terms of being able to provide for them. And I think a lot of what has made us, um, I don't want to say successful, that, that sounds like we're, you know, we're, we're done or we're at the top, we're still climbing. Um, what, what has made us viable, we'll say that, is we thought about all those obstacles and we had contingency plans set in place so that if things do come up or don't happen when we want them to, what are we going to do? And that has saved us several times. Um, when in the beginning, what ha what would happen if our pricing was too high and no one showed up? Here was a new pricing model that we had ready to roll in. We did that and it changed the game. What happens if we get shut down or there's a global pandemic? Well, we we already had our online modules built. We already had Zoom call experience with some of our sports teams that we did remotely. So we had all of these things in place and it was very easy to shift to that. But again, that took a little bit of planning ahead. Did we ever know we were gonna need all of that and do all of that? No, 
but that's what we had to do and it was already there we didn't have to learn it and then have a gap in our income and you know that's planning ahead and so i guess that's the the main thing is do your due diligence don't just think you can jump into this make sure that the risk you're taking is a calculated risk and that you understand all the aspects of what could happen now you may be super confident and never have to really worry about any negative stuff but think about it play that devil's advocate and try to try to work everything out ahead of time it's going to make it a lot easier and if you think about it it's very similar to what we do with our clients in our trans theoretical model when we uh, try to problem solve some of the roadblocks or obstacles in, in their way we have contingency plans so that if those things come up again in their world we have ways around them so it's the same we try to put our um, practices that we use with our clients into our business as well and that's why we get results with our clients and why we are getting results with our business so again if you have any questions about how to do it or what to think about let me know and i'd love to help <music>